This program was recorded for broadcast at this time. Welcome to the Roger Franklin Williams Show. And this is my turn. Keep it here as Roger talks about local and national issues important to you. Talking with the leaders and newsmakers in our community. And now here's Roger. Welcome to the Roger Franklin Williams Show, a program that's dedicated to protecting, preserving, and defending America's founding traditions of God, family, country. Friends, it's great to be with you today. I want to thank you for the opportunity to join you as we talk about the issues that affect us in our community, our state, and our nation. And of course, our main theme that we have had on our show since the election day, presidential election day, 2020, has been in the fact that we are living in disturbing times now. No using, no reason to sugarcoat it. No use to sugarcoat it. Uh, we just have to identify, you know, the the times that we are living in and do the best that we can do. And we we, we must do the best that we we can do to, to 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 try to preserve the freedoms that we have and preserve our history because obviously it's under big attack. Um, I want to, of course, let you know that our program is presented by our friends at Christner's Prime Steak and Lobster and let you know that Christner's is where you'll find generous servings of prime cuts of beef and cold water Australian lobster served in an atmosphere of old school elegance and sophistication. They're conveniently located in Orlando on Lee Road, just two blocks west of I-4, 729 Lee Road in Orlando. Reservations recommended 407-645-4443. Please tell them Roger Franklin Williams sent you. And I can tell you from personal experience that Christner's is a perfect place to go to, to escape some of the depressing news that we have and some of the uh, discouraging events that are affecting us on a national scale every day here um, in our lives. And it's great to get away from the stress, especially the stress of our workday as well and um, all the hectic things that are part of life in 2020 in a, in a major area, you know, urban area like we are here in Central Florida. So Christner's is a great way to escape and have a, a wonderful two or three hours with great food, great friends, and great service in an atmosphere of old-school elegance and sophistication. We look forward to being joined by Grant Malloy later in our program, and we also look forward to being joined by our friend Mike Martin from up at Apopka Mower and Equipment Repair. Right now, we're just kind of sharing with you some some thoughts of mine here as we are rapidly uh, you, know, you know getting into the year 2021. You know, and I'll just I'll just share some things off the top of my head that I think about on, on a daily basis. I'm sure many of you think about these same things as well. It's it's we're we're in disturbingly I think unprecedented times in terms of the United States of America. One thing specifically is I really don't know of a time in history when we've had a president who, you know, coming into office, you know, a newly elected president who as is as incapacitated as as uh, Joe Biden. You know, I think it's obvious, certainly my strong opinion, based on my observations, um, strong opinion of, I think, many people who, uh, you know, observe closely or even not so closely, that Joe Biden is just not mentally competent, um, you know, pretty much to have any job, much less, um, you know, the, the most powerful uh, position in the world, uh, leading the most powerful com- country in the world, being the commander in chief of the military of the most powerful country in the world, having to deal with formidable foes and enemies such as the, the communist Chinese and, and Russia uh, and others. Um, so, I mean, just, and that's a thought that's almost, you know, so depressing and discouraging, you don't even want to think about it. Uh, but we will think about it here for a moment, at least. Um, and we'll have to go over to Christner sometime soon and think about some, some more enjoyable things. Um, but, um, you know, I mean, I mean, that's the situation we're in. And, you know, it, it, it's hard, and I don't want to be overly depressing, you know, like I sometimes I might have a tendency to be, especially in recent weeks, but... I don't see how this is going to end well. <laughs> you, you know, what what happens, um, 
you know, all the things that can happen when, when a leader of any organization, even a small mom and sh- pop business of two or three employees, um, you know, anytime you have a leader of any organization of any size, government, business, charitable, ball team, sports, whatever, that's not competent to do the job, I mean, that opens up so many different avenues of abuse, it's mind-boggling. It obviously leads to the first question, who is making the decisions uh, about the major decisions of our country, of our foreign policy, of how we relate to the communist Chinese, how we're going to deal with them and um, and negotiate with them and so forth to represent our American interest. Um, all these things, I mean, just... Um, you know the the, the policies uh, these this this incredible flurry of of executive orders executive power um that are coming down virtually every single one of them hardcore left wingism if you will um i mean who, who's coming up with this stuff you know who who's the driving force behind it um and 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 what are their what is it what is their agenda uh, obviously it's a left wing agenda um and, and and is it even an agenda that's even pro-American? Um, so anyway, hate to depress you, but I did want to share those thoughts. And I think I just think it's 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 necessary that we we understand, you know, the 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 challenge of the cards that we've been dealt right here. One other thing that I I want to share, and I don't hear a whole lot of people talking about this. I. I would like to hear more people talking about this, let's put it that way, is, you know, obviously there's a lot of focus on the elections of 2022, um, obviously because, um, you know, the Democrats have the entire government now. Not only do they have the presidency, they have majority in the United States Congress. Now, it's a slim majority, but they still have the majority. And if they vote in lockstep like they so often do, they can pretty much push through anything in Congress that they want to, when uh, that includes making the rules of however they want to. Um, and then they've got a majority, a working majority, uh, a functional majority in the United States Senate, um, which, you know, generally when you have a, you know, divided Congress, one house, uh, one party in majority of one house, another party in majority of the other house, uh, you do have some, some inherent checks and balances against excesses of, of either party. Well, we don't have that right now. So there aren't any checks and balances. It's, it's like it's like a Niagara Falls. Uh, it's like a, a Niagara Falls of left wing policy, of politically correct policy. And of course, we're 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 seeing the evidence of it every single day. So, but my point is, you know, a lot of people their ray of hope, um, which is logical. And necessary um, it, it is the 2022 elections, and wow, we got to get out there and win one of those houses of Congress back, and maybe even both. Um, maybe we can. Maybe the Republicans can take the the Senate, and uh, certainly, hopefully, they can take the, the Congress. Well, not to be a spoil sport, but before we, you know, before I think that's getting a little the, the cart above the horse a little bit, in that we're going to have to to try to make sure that we're going to have credible elections in a lot of these states before we start planning on and hoping for winning Congress back or winning the Senate back, um, first of all, it's going to be um, going to need to have credible elections. Now, 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 why would we think that you know, if Democrats were so successful in manipulating the elections last time, in some cases, I would say there have been, you know, obviously there have been accusations of fraud and that, that does, doesn't surprise me um, if, if there was you know, significant fraud in certain elect, certain states, Georgia being one of them, um, Pennsylvania, of course, Wisconsin, Michigan, um, or just to call it, if you want to call it irregularities, um, you know, uh, um, you know, we're going to have to find out um, how to stop that. <laughs> we're going to have to find out how to get fair. Um, conduction uh, of, of elections before we start thinking about winning any elections. I mean, I mean, I mean, if the Democrats had so much success and the left had so much success manipulating the elections last time, you think they're going to stop in 2022? No, they've got a winning game plan. They're going to keep working it. So um, that's something to think about, and it's something that you know, any of us in any sphere of influence that we have need to to make noise about this and 
And, you know, I, I hate to use the word hopefully, but I hope that there's somebody somewhere, you know, in some kind of position of authority that, you know, is monitor, gonna, preparing to monitor these, these elections in these various states um, in the 2022 elections, because if not, the Democrats are just going to keep manipulating the elections and, and winning everything by that way. Um, and one thing I do want to make a point of, just for point of a record, is that in some cases, the and, and this speaks to the fact that the Democrats and the left have been game planning this for a long time. You know, I think I think Republicans just kind of have a tendency to think, um, or, or, or the conservatives, okay, well, we're going to have election, everything's going to be fine, we'll show up and vote, and you know, that's that, that's what's going to happen. Everything's going to be you know, up above board and legitimate. Um, well, you know, Democrats, um, you know, that's not the, always the case. We're going to have to be more prepared to to be aware of irregularities, to be aware of potential fraud, to be aware of stolen elections. Um, so, so that's one thing. But then another thing is, you know, for point of record, certain irregularities, uh, not irregularities, certain things that took place that were advantageous to Democrats winning specifically in Georgia were actually not illegal. And what I mean by that is proactively, and Stacey Abrams was a, was a a major player in this. They pushed through um, rules legitimately. It worked the system to get election rules that were advantageous to, to Democrats, basically ballot harvesting, you know, certain tactics, certain um, electoral campaign tactics that that had previously not been allowed, if you will, or you know, if, uh, that had previously not been legal, you know, were um, were um, you know addressed and um, you know pushed through to, to become legal, and so basically what that resulted in is 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 you know an advantageous scenario for Democrats. My point is, all these things to me need to be examined very very closely, um, and they need to be confronted. And checked and addressed, and it's time now for you know I would I would say hope hopefully all Americans, but specifically for in, any American that wants free and fair elections, and it's certainly in the the the, the self interest of the Republican side, the, the 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 right, if you will, the conservative side, the traditional American side, to to have free and fair elections, non non manipulated elections. Um, which was so-called so quote unquote irregularities, um, what some people might call fraud. Um, now's the time to start working on that and and examining that, seeing what the systems are, seeing who's in control, who are the authorities on these situations, and um, preparing that way. That's the first step to to possibly having some good news at the ballot box in 2022. Well, friends, it's time for our next break. We'll take a quick break, and we'll be right back on The Roger Franklin Williams Show. Welcome back. Good to have you here for The Roger Franklin Williams Show. Friends, welcome back to The Roger Franklin Williams Show. Great to be with you today. I want to thank you for the opportunity to join you. Of course, our show is a program that's dedicated to protecting, preserving, and defending America's founding traditions of God, family, country. Pleased to be joined now in the studio by Grant Malloy, Clerk of Court and Comptroller for Seminole County. We'll go. Grant will join us in a few minutes. But right now, I want to, of course, remind you that the Roger Franklin Williams Show is presented by Christner's Prime Steak and Lobster. Also, I want to give you some information and important update from our friends up at Apopka Mower and Equipment Repair. As you've already come to know, Apopka Mower and Equipment Repair is your one-stop center for all of your lawn and garden needs. Well, this entire month of March and April, there will be tremendous specials on outstanding mowers and power equipment products. You already know that Apopka Mower carries the best brands in the power equipment industry and the best lawnmowers in the lawnmower industry. Apopka Moore is your home for steel power equipment products, plus Skag, Toro, and Bad Boy Mowers. And this month, all month long, they've got great specials on 
their mowers and power equipment products. Popkin Moore also has a full line of top quality generators at affordable prices. So get up and see them. They're located at 2975 West Orange Blossom Trail. That's Highway 441 between Plymouth Reno Road and the 429 on the north side of Apopka. Apopka Mower and Equipment Repair. It's where they sell the best and they fix the rest. You can find out more at apopkamower.com. Now let's go to Grant Malloy, Clerk of Court and Comptroller for Seminole County. Grant, it's great to see you. Great hey. to have you over here in the studio with us. Yes, great to be in the studio. I was working at our Altamont office around the corner right near the uh, studio, so it's good to be here. And I know you're always doing innovative things to make the offices more efficient to the citizens, and you've done some things already here in 2021. Why don't you share a couple of those with us? Yeah, well, after the election was over, uh, we just hit the ground running. Uh, I had uh, some more projects to work on to improve uh, services to the citizens. So one of the things we finally got through, and the county helped us do this, is put in some walk-up windows for service, customer service, over at the Criminal Justice Center which is the courthouse there on 1792 that's centralized to the county. So now if you want to uh, pay a traffic ticket, and we have a list of services online, and there's a sign out front, it's a uh, fast way to uh, just walk up to a window outside the building. It's got a nice overhang and take care of that without having to go through security. And it's also uh, COVID protection as well because it's keeping you outside the building and security can be a hassle for people when you got to take your belts off and your shoes off just to come in to see us. So there are several services. Could be putting a payment plan for a traffic ticket. Could be paying a traffic ticket, submitting traffic school. And there's a couple other things there as well that we're doing. And we'll be adding more services in the future to those walk-up windows, perhaps like child support payments and other things that people need to do. So it's, that was uh, one of the great things, and it turned out fantastic. It really looks professional. Lots of people love it. Uh, they come up and they say, hey, you know, when would you get this? This is great. So that's, that's uh, one of the new things. And there's several other top, se- several other things we've been doing as well. Such a, well good. We'll like to hear about those in a few minutes. Uh, right now, I think we have Representative Anthony Sabatini on the line, and uh, we'll go to him as well. He'll join us as well. Hello, Representative Sabatini. Hey, Roger. How's it going, buddy? Uh, doing good. Doing good. Good to speak with you today. Never, uh, awesome. Yeah, always an honor to be on. And we'll, we'll let you know, uh, Grant Malloy, Clerk of Court for Seminole County, is joining us as well. Hello, Representative. Florida, Florida's best clerk of the court, Grant Malloy. <laughs> well, the, the best representative, too, unless you follow what the Sentinel says, right? <laughs> In that case, I'm the worst. That's right. It's yeah, a badge we, of honor. We, we win a badge of honor. Yeah. Uh, and you, you had some exciting news this week uh, on Monday and for, can you please tell us, share with us about your exciting new announcement, your announcement that you're going to be a candidate for the United States Congress. Absolutely. Well, yeah, I've had an exciting new announcement that we had a giant kickoff Monday because I am now running for the United States Congress. We had about 325 people at the event. And uh, as many of your listeners might know, the United States Census just finished. And this fall, we're going to be writing two new congressional districts into the heart of Central Florida. And the one that uh, comes closest to Lake County, and most is probably going to come very, very far into Lake County, considering how Republican we are and how Republican we probably want to keep the seat. Um, that's the seat that I'm going to be running for. So right now I'm filed for District 11, which is occupied by a very good representative, Dan Webster. And uh, I'll switch over to the new one when the maps finish at the end of this year, which will be about a year before the actual election or maybe nine months. Great. Yeah. Can you pick up just a little bit more on that? Because I know there was a little confusion uh, about that, and of course, uh, not helped by certain elements of the mainstream media. But c- can you just talk about those specific dynamics, um, you know, for people that don't follow it every day in terms of the, the redistricting and the new new uh, congressional seats and so forth? Sure. Well, so, you know, historically, the census data usually came in in the spring of the year before the election. We, As you know, you do the census every 10 years. Well, with COVID, and everything else going on, the census is six to nine months late. So this is the latest it's probably ever been. And so the, the, the districts that Florida has been awarded based on its growth of population, which are two new districts, actually have not been created yet. We know we're, we're going to get them. We know what the numbers are, but we don't know where they're going to go. So the districting comes in this fall, but, uh, you know, some people are probably going to wait until the maps are done to run for Congress. 
but I know I'm going to run, so I, I decided to file early. So I'm filed currently. I'm filed right now, which is you know 18 months before the August primary of 2022, before the seats are even in existence. So right now I'm filed for District 11, which right now it's called District 11. Uh, next year it's going to look very, very differently, very differently. Um, but right now I'm filed for that seat. But I'm not running, I'm not really running or planning to run against anybody who occupies it now. So right now, Congressman Dan Webster is the congressman for District 11. But we don't even know, I I certainly won't be running against Daniel Webster, but we don't even know if he'll be running for 11 because all the numbers change, the districts change. We know he'll probably, he's going to run for re-election, but we don't know where that district's going to be. Last time he was in District 10, now he's in District 11. Sometimes the numbers change a lot. There's going to be two brand new districts that could change everything. So the maps are going to look very differently, but there's going to be room for new new Republicans in, in the Congress. And just yeah, thank you for help, helping clarify that. And um, can you give us one more question, process question? And this is, if I'm not mistaken, it's the actual legislature is the one that's uh, heavily uh, influential in drawing these new boundaries. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. Um, I'll speak a little bit about that. So the state legislatures in each state, and most almost all of the states write they actually write the maps for what the state house state senate and congress look like and that process takes place this fall so this september we'll get the census data uh about each particular county and which we already know what it looks like already because you can just um use different sites to know what every count how how much each county in central florida has already grown central florida has grown almost nine hundred thousand people uh just in the greater orlando area since the last uh since the last census, and that's well more than one congressional district. It's actually about well, uh, one congressional district plus 10% of another. So the state itself gets two, but it's likely that both both the new state touch or come into Lake, into uh, the greater Orlando area of Central Florida. But yeah, to speak about what you said earlier, um, the, uh, the media. The media loves to try to stir the pot and cause confusion and really engage in disinformation campaigns whenever they can, as long as the as long as it helps them uh, create chaos in the Republican Party. So the Orlando Slantinal, uh wrote a piece this week uh, misinterpreting what I was doing, misinterpreting a statement made by Dan Webster to try to basically create this uh, fake news story about how I'm hell-bent on actually running against the incumbent Republican to try to, you know, get clickbait, I guess you could say. And the truth of the matter is that's not happening. Everybody knows that both of the new seats are coming into Central Florida and there's more room for more Republicans in the Congress. And that's uh, and all the seats that exist currently are going to be changed. Stephanie Murphy's seat, Val Deming's seat, the Darren Soto seat are likely all going to have very different boundaries based on population growth, and they might not be Democrat seats anymore. Those are three Democrat seats that are the greater Orlando area now that, that could be very different. I could almost guarantee that one or two of them uh, will not be returning to the Congress uh, of those those Congress uh, congressmen are not going to be returning to the Congress based on the redistricting. So there's a lot of contingency, a lot of change, but the news uh, tries to bury that and make it look like anyone who's filing now is trying to take out an incumbent. It's kind of silly. Well, thank you for, for sharing those great insights. Friends, we're speaking with Representative Anthony Sabatini on the Roger Franken Williams Show. Grant Malloy, Comptroller and Clerk of Court for Seminole County, is also joining us on the program today. And Representative Sabatini, we've got about a little over two minutes um, before our next break, and I do want to ask you, spe- you know, why you ran, why you made this decision specifically to you know leave the legislature and to uh, you know, you know to, to serve the people in Washington. Uh, can you address that briefly before the break, and if if we need to uh, go back to it after the break, um, we, we can do that too. Absolutely. Well, I'm running for Congress because I don't believe a lot of the Republicans that we have up there are fighting hard enough. I could say that some of the best congressmen in in the national legislature actually are Florida congressmen. But as a whole, uh, you know, when I saw Elizabeth Cheney re uh, revoted in, she was uh, re uh, revoted as the conference chair, basically the spokesperson for the Republican Party in the U.S. House of Representatives. I realized we had a culture problem up there, and I think I could do a better job. I'm one of the most I'm the most conservative member of the Florida legislature probably the most pro-Trump. I'm one of the few veterans that will be serving in Congress. So I just think there's an important need to be fulfilled uh, in terms of leadership, and the opportunity is here. Um, you know, the census only happens once a decade, and when it does, 
there's a lot of changing in the maps and there's opportunity to run for Congress. If not, you know, you could be kind of shut out. And that's one of the reasons, another one of the reasons I'm running. No, well, we appreciate you being here to, to share about that, that with us. Um, we're going to, if you can stay with us for a few more minutes, we'll take a quick break and we'll be back. Okay, and um, friends, before we go to break, I want to let you know that Florida Door Solutions is a family-owned business celebrating their 20th year in business. They support our program, and Florida Door Solutions supports all the programs you hear on the new AM950 and FM94.9, The Answer, and our messages of patriotism and support for our free enterprise system. Florida Door Solutions has also been voted best garage door company once again. So when you have garage door problems and you want to have it, the work done right, I encourage you to contact Florida Door Solutions. Florida Door Solutions has your solution. You can find them at 866-FLA-DOOR. That's 866-FLA-DOOR. And please be sure to tell them Roger Franklin Williams sent you. And before we go to break, I want to give a shout out to our friends, Vito and Rhonda over at Network Sound and Video and let you know that, of course, Network Sound and Video is where your memories can last forever. In fact, I got some great memories um, presented to me from there earlier this week, and we'll tell you more about those a little bit later. That's Network Sound and Video. Find them at NetworkSoundandVideo.com. We'll be right back on The Roger Franklin Williams Show with Representative Anthony Sabatini and with Grant Malloy, Clerk of Court for Seminole County. to have you here for the Roger Franklin Williams Show. And now, back to the studio, here's Roger Franklin Williams. Friends, welcome back to the Roger Franklin Williams Show. Glad you're joining and We've got great guests today. Joined in the studio by Grant Malloy, Clerk of Court of Seminole County and Comptroller, and on the phone by Anthony Sabatini, Representative Anthony Sabatini, who has re- announced hey, this week that he's Roger. a candidate for United States Congress. Before we go back to our guest, I want to let you know about our friends, my friends over at Sheeler Auto Repair, and let you know that if you are looking for a place that will care for your car, truck, SUV, van, any vehicle you might own with old school honesty, integrity, and dependability, I strongly encourage you to get over to see Demetrius and Odysseus Virgos at Sheeler Auto Repair. No job is too big or too small for the guys at Sheeler Auto Repair. You can trust the guys at Sheeler Auto Repair. That's where I take my car, and I've been taking it there for 20 years. Sheeler Auto Repair, they're located at 1908 South Orange Blossom Trail, Apopka. And be sure to please tell them Roger Franklin Williams sent you. Now back to Representative Anthony Sabatini, now a con- candidate for the United States Congress, and Grant Malloy, Comptroller of Seminole County. Now I'd like to pick up there, you know, in your reasons for seeking to serve in Congress, Representative Sabatini, and what are some of the other major issues that that confront America now that that you that you are passionate about wanting to to deal with? Well, I just think we need true conservatives who believe in liberty and the fundamental principles that are the founding of this country are based upon. They're under attack like never before, and people are uh, you know a lot of the folks we have in office simply lack the courage to stand up for them. So personal responsibility capitalism, free markets, individual liberty, religious liberty, the Second Amendment, all of this is under attack. And that's why, as a state representative, I've fought you know, as hard as I possibly could and become an enemy to some based on my stances. Uh, but I've fought um, as hard as I possibly could for, for a lot of these principles that I've just talked about. You know, and I think the biggest issue facing our country right now is just the, the attack on the rule of law and uh, especially through the auspices of political correctness. And, uh, you know, George Floyd has been back in the news this week, um, and it's, 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 you know, with the uh, criminal trial occurring, and today they just came to a settlement in the civil uh, lawsuit against the city the family of George Floyd. And it's sort of just a strange, strange feeling kind of recurring in this country now that people, you know, now that, like, sort of the dust has settled, people are looking back at that summer and realizing that, our Republican Party failed us. I mean, Tucker Carlson, I think, was one of the only people that pretty much nailed it when he he, he castigated the Republican Party for having the 
you know, lacking the courage to stand up against the rule of law and cracking down. We let the radical left destroy cities and dox people and destroy the lives of so many small business owners and vilify and basically begin and cement the lie that our country is fundamentally irredeemably racist, which is a complete and total fabrication and lie. But are, you would note you wouldn't know that anybody dis- disagreed with that narrative because so many of the cowards in the Republican Party were will- unwilling to stand up and fight back. And it was just so hard to watch. It's one of the reasons why, even at that point, I realized I had to stay in politics and, and run in for office because, you know, it's just disappointing to know that people who supposedly represent me lack the backbone to stand up and do what's right. You know, I, I appreciate uh, everything you, you said and that you're doing, and I think that's... Uh... That's the, our, our only hope, really. <laughs> you know, the only solution to this problem is that individuals need to accept our own individual responsibility to push back against this, not accept it, not stick our head in the sand, um, but but yeah, to aggressively confront the lies of the left, the political correctness, the tyranny of political correctness, uh, rewriting history, cancel culture, all this. And it's going to only be aggressive um, – you know, with aggressive action that we are having any kind of chance of preserving our individual liberties. And I'm very uh, excited that you're here putting yourself out there to, to fight that battle, uh, specifically in Washington. Now, I did have one question uh, back to kind of a process question that's that's, you know, that I'm personally very concerned about. And I addressed it in the first, uh, you know, in, in my first in our first segment before you joined us. Is you know obviously there's a lot of talk about 2022 and you know wow we can we can get things turned back around if if the Republicans take the House and maybe even take the Senate nationally and et cetera et cetera well I think you know there there's there, there's something to consider before that and are, are we going to in, in these various states where we had shall we say obvious um, you know election uh, election irregularities if you will uh, some people might call it fraud. Um, is anybody working on system to put systems in place where that won't happen again? Or, or, uh, the election system, absolutely. Now, a lot of that is, state, is a state function, and I'm proud to know that right now the election, uh, the State Affairs Committee in the Florida House is working to get rid of these sham ballot boxes and do some other election reforms. But, you know, there's a lot more that they could be doing. We need to replicate the North Carolina law. Uh, in the state of Florida that basically makes it that every time a person does a mail-in ballot, they have to have two witness statements attached to the affidavit. That's the law in North Carolina. So if you want to vote by mail, two other people have to sign making sure that they're, you know, uh, swearing under the threat of perjury that you're the person that signed that ballot. Right now in Florida, all you have to do is sign your own and throw it in the mailbox, but there's no way to really check other than a signature match. And thankfully, we did a good job with the signature matching in Florida unlike other states where signature matching was completely non-existent, like in Georgia, based on the consent decree signed by the Secretary of State. But there's a lot there's a lot better that we could do. We also need to really pull back on the amount of reasons why. Well, we need to actually list reasons why you should uh, be legally allowed to vote by mail. Right now, you just vote by mail however, you, whenever you like for any reason. But the truth is you, there, you, there should be cause for that. If you can't vote early or vote on voting day, it doesn't make sense why. Um, you should be able to vote by mail. Uh, you should have, uh, you know, very explicit legal reasons why uh, you should be allowed to do that. We can pass that bill too. There's a, there's a few things working right now. Uh, there's some election laws working, but there's there's a lot more that we could that we could be doing right now in Florida. But that's really a state function. A lot of the election madness was uh, um, state law that was either circumvented or just was badly made, not prepared for the. Uh, the uh, political uh, political manipulation of the COVID crisis that took place and the way they were able to morph election laws under the threat of COVID uh, in order to gain more Democrat votes. So it's all election. And, th- and this happened all in, state, in Republican state legislatures. If you look across the country, the battleground states where the most manipulation and um, the most amount of votes were seemed to be lacking in integrity took place in Republican states. You just had... You just had pushover establishment, you know, uh, Republicans who were too afraid to do anything to protect the integrity of the vote because they didn't want to be called insensitive or, uh, you know, dangerous based on the fact that some of these voter integrity mechanisms mechanisms were supposedly more dangerous in the age of COVID, uh, like not allowing universal mail balloting, that sort of thing. I, I think one of the problems with politics I see in the lack of uh, 
the courage that you talk about, which is true, is uh, especially in this day of social media, it's the the fringes that scream the loudest and come up with some of these uh, fringe issues. Whereas you you don't see a protest where people are blocking the street saying we want normalcy, you know, we want uh, common sense. You just don't have protests for common sense. And uh, so the politicians often hear, you know, people on the edges uh, with some crazy ideas and then think that's the way to go. So uh, common sense is is so key. And the last thing you want is a federal government taking over elections, like with that H.R. 1. You want to keep it local and and have your vote count and have it uh, be accurate. No, actually, it's a complicated situation because, yeah, you're right. It, it's very diverse. You've got local authorities, you've got um, you know county authorities, you've got state mm-hmm. authorities, and but my point is, it's just I think I, I, I know somebody needs to be thinking big picture wise yeah. uh, on on the right on our side. I hate to even use the word Republican, um, but but you know on the traditional American constitutional side to to you know, identify these various places and. And, and, and try to fix it because, you know, like, you know, obviously they've, uh, the left has a winning game plan. They know how to manipulate elections, whether it's by fraud or other uh, ways, or even I said before, it's, it's by, and as Anthony alluded to, um, getting things put into law legally, um, you know, that are advantageous to them. Um, they're like a hundred steps ahead of us. And, and, uh, you know, we're not going to be able to win any more elections unless we, you know, start to get, get more integrity into the, uh, the, the election system. But well, Anthony, uh, we got about three more minutes. I'd love you just. Uh, I'd love to have you share what else you'd like to. Sure. Well, we're working on a bunch of bills right now. I think it's going to be a good legislative session. Uh, you know, the bill that I care the most about has very little likelihood of chancing, but it's important to get it on the radar so that way we can start to get public support behind it. But it's called banning taxpayer-funded lobbying. Banning taxpayer-funded mm-hmm. lobbying, and basically what it is is cities and counties are using your taxpayer money to buy lobbyists, private contracts with private lobbyists, to go lobby the state legislature to pass more government, more taxes, and also to fight against bills that protect your property rights and protect free commerce and free and capitalism, because they want more government because they are government entities. And so it's government lobbying government for more government with your money. They actually tax, take your money, they coerce you by taking your money, and then use it to create more regulations against you. It's sick. It's terrible, and it should be illegal. So I have a bill that would ban taxpayer-funded lobbying in the state of Florida. Now, as you can imagine, there aren't many lobbyists that are for this <laughs> bill. There's a lot. There's a few hundred lobbyists that are filed to kill the bill. Now, the way these bills work is generally you file them. Nobody even knows what they are. I use it to educate people. They learn about the issue, and then they, it starts to gain steam, and then hopefully passes over in the course of the next couple of years. Same thing happened in Texas. This bill was filed. It did not pass Texas, but it made it to the floor. This year, uh, Governor Greg Abbott has made it, has made it one of his explicit priorities uh, to pass this bill. So once you get the governor's support on a bill, generally that thing is going to pass if you have the same party in the legislature and the, and the governor's mansion. So my goal is to push this thing, try to get the same behind it, and put it into law, because $33 million a year of taxpayer money is wasted every single year on, on taxpayer fund lobbying. It's just wrong. Hey, you, you know, I was on the county commission. I voted against that every time it came up. I think I was yeah. probably the only local official that voted against it. And it, and then it spreads, right? Because then first the counties start doing it, and then the, the all the little cities see the counties doing it, and they th- and these yep. politicians go, oh, we need to do it too. So now you have, like, city of Oviedo. I think they got a federal lobbyist. It's like, come on, where's this in? And they all want you know, more government. That's what it really leads to. No, that's another great, great thing. Uh, Representative Sabatini, absolutely. And then just, you know, got to hit our break here, but I'll just say going into it. Yeah. And, and, and from a big picture perspective, the lobbyists are a, one, of a, one of the largest components of the quote unquote swamp. I mean, the lobbyists are, are in general, um, you know, are, are, are a big, a much more a big part of the problem than they are of, of the solution in terms of, um, you know, constitutional government in america well it shows you how broken it is why can't the city councilman just call up their representative and say hey you know <laughs> this is an issue great point. we appreciate exactly that, right yeah, everything you do and best wishes in your campaign we look forward to having you on uh, many times to, to talk about it thank you roger and thank you grant keep up the good work talk to you soon take care okay. representative anthony sabatini who earlier this week announced he will be a candidate for the united states congress in the 2000 
2022 elections. Well, friends, we're going to know another quick break. When we come back, we'll still be joined by Grant Malloy. Welcome to the Roger Franklin Williams Show. And now, here's Roger. And this is my turn. Friends, welcome back to the Roger Franklin Williams Show. It's great to be with you today. I want to thank you for joining us and our guest on our program today. It was great to hear from Representative Anthony Sabatini talking about the reasons he has chosen to seek a position in the United States Congress in the 2022 elections. Also talked about the specific dynamics of, of how that's all going to play out in terms of new seats being awarded and things like that. It's always great to hear from him. We appreciate the great job he does on behalf of our constitutional liberties and fighting aggressively. We're still joined in the studio by Grant Malloy, Comptroller and Clerk of Court for Seminole County. We'll go back to Grant in just a moment. Before we do, I want to give a shout-out to our friend Dr. Patrick St. Germain and all the great people at St. Germain Chiropractic and let you know that they've been voted best chiropractor once again. So when you're in pain, I urge you to call Dr. St. Germain and the great people at St. Germain Chiropractic. And Dr. Patrick St. Germain and St. Germain Chiropractic supports our program and all the programs you hear on the new AM950 and FM94.9, The Answer. And well, Grant, you were talking about some of the you know, innovative things you've already done here in 2021. Are, are there some more you'd like to address? Oh, yeah. There's a whole lot going on. I mentioned the walk-up windows at the criminal courthouse in 1792 for fast service, and you don't have to go inside the building. But there's a lot of other things going on. We keep upgrading the website because people would rather do things online than even try to come in the office. I'm trying to make our office – I'm trying to make it where Chick-fil-A comes to us to see how to do things right, you know. So we've been working on the website. We're always working on it. But now it has a translation button on it. I think you can translate. To, I think it's a seven different languages, make it uh, easier to get information. It's ADA compliant. And during COVID, we did things like put more forms on it. If you want to put a payment plan for a traffic ticket and break it up into five months so it's more affordable – you can do that online and submit it to us. Uh, as I mentioned before, you can even get a marriage license online. We're one of the few counties in the state that has that service. You don't even have to come in. Uh, and also I'm looking at how do I make the office work better internally. We have smaller budgets. We have fewer people than we did a couple of years ago. Clerks have to operate on less money, unlike Washington, D.C. You know, we actually have less money and try to do more with less so I've, just, I've been reorganizing things. We used to have call, two call centers. There were three different phone numbers. It was very confusing. So there's just one phone number now, 665-4300, and that's 407-665-4300, and, and cross-training the employees. So you call one number, and you get you know 95% of your questions answered right there. Our website, SeminoleClerk.org, where you can uh, look at that, and we keep working on enhancements to it. So now I'm actually making one person responsible for looking at content, make, making sure web links work, writing it so our average person uh, can navigate it easier. So we have more reports that are on the back end so we can design this website to, to be more efficient and give you the, the information you need. So, And I would like to plug while I'm here, if you go to our website and you want to register for a free property fraud alert service, just go to simulclerk.org, uh, type in the search bar property fraud, alert and it'll take you to a page where you can register your name and if uh, and other aliases so if you want to put your middle name in there middle initial you register those and then what happens if somebody ever files a, an official record uh, you'll get an alert that that happens so you can review it and make sure it was something that was accurate because there have been cases of fraud involving uh, false uh, deeds filed with different clerks offices throughout the country so this alert system lets you know if uh, something was filed in your name. We also have uh, the new guardianship audits, which we put in place, and there's more information on that, and there's been a lot of coverage about uh, elderly people often being taken advantage of by a professional guardian. Uh, we're auditing those on an annual basis now. But if you do see fraud, you can report that to us, and we'll take a look. So we're trying to do more to help protect citizens. There's also a new financial report we put on there. It's a citizen's uh, personal financial report, annual report. 
uh, you can search for that as well. And it's a snapshot that tells you what's going on with our tax dollars. So those are some of the things we did, we're doing. We just had an Operation Greenlight where we helped out over 300 people get their driver's license back and uh, pull uh, old cases out of collections and, and um, restate their driver's license and got them on a new payment plan, trying to be a little more um, uh, uh, sensitive to try and get people back on their feet. And that worked out really well. So there's more in the future. We have the merging of the courthouses that's coming up uh, as the county commission looks at putting m- more services right there at that five points location in the center of the county. So I'm trying to make sure that that, that gets planned out in a way where it works well for the office and delivers the best services to the citizens. And um, those are some of the things that are going on at the Seminole clerk's office. It's always busy. Yeah, well, thanks. Thanks for that great update and for what you do to, to make things more efficient for the citizens. I did have a question for you. I know that you know, going back to the days when you actually ran for county commission the first time before you were ever elected to public office, uh, you know, a central part of the way that you you know, chose to campaign mm-hmm. was to, you know, talk directly to as many people as you can. Mm-hmm. You know, walk precincts, walk neighborhoods, uh, you know, talk to individual citizens. Uh, and I, and you, um, once again, you've done that every campaign you've, you've been on, including this most recent one in 2020. Uh, what, what are some of the things that, uh, that you got from the, from the citizens that, that are their priorities in terms of government? Well, I think people want to be uh, heard and want to be uh, appreciated, feel like they have a voice. And what I find m- more often than not is when I go out and, and knock on a door and, and visit people, um, you, you get that, uh, that appreciation that they matter. And that's how I've always looked at public office. Uh, this is not about the insiders. This is about the people. And so that's that's always it always helps keep me humble. Right. Because I'm just a regular guy myself and I happen to be in this position where I can try to make a difference to to make Simmel County a great place or a better place. So I I found a great fact driving to the radio station today. I remember all the doors I've knocked on over the years. I'm like, I remember where that person was and that person. Uh, And one of the things I do as a clerk is at most uh, jury duty selections, I'm always there because I want to make sure that I'm inter- interacting with people. I always ask for feedback. You know, what can we, we wrote a new jury duty summons to try to make it a little clearer, easier to register online. You get texts now. You don't have to call a phone number. Uh, so I'm always looking for input and always accessible. And I think that matters to people. You know, if they have an issue, they want to know somebody will listen to them and, and help them out with that issue. And I think that's what our office really stands for. And, you know, it comes from the top. And knocking on doors has, has always ingrained in me that that desire to, to serve. Friends, glad you're joining us on the Roger Franklin Williams Show. Right now we're speaking with Grant Malloy, Clerk of Court for Seminole County. And, of course, I want to remind you that our program is presented by our friends at Christner's Prime Steak and Lobster. And Christner's is where you'll find generous servings of prime cuts of beef and cold water Australian lobster served in an atmosphere of old-school elegance and sophistication. They're conveniently located on Lee Road, just two blocks west of I-4. 729 Lee Road, just two blocks west of I-4 in Orlando. And you can you talk about, Grant, what some of the, um, you know, just kind of more the, the day-to-day of, of your office. I know you're the clerk of court probably is the, the, the county government office that people have to probably interface with more than any other uh, just what are some of the other things that you do in your office to, to help serve citizens? Well, I, I view the clerk's office as the most important county office in, in county government. It's independent. We don't work for the county commission, but we work with them. Uh, and it's very important for multiple reasons. One is we have all of the tax dollars. We have the checkbook and savings account for the county commission. Uh, we uh, invest all the money following a a, a policy that's established by the commission. We pay all the county bills, review all the county spending. We do internal audits of county government looking for uh, inefficiencies where we can recommend to county management and and even to our own management. I do it to ourselves. So we do the auditing for the county. Uh, We're also the access to the court system, which is very important. And one of the things we've done recently is open a self-help center at the civil courthouse by the lake in downtown Sanford. And we're helping people with the forms right now. The services are uh, evictions and small claims. 
Uh, next, we plan to add family to that. So this is a new service we're doing to try to help people who can't afford attorneys. We can't provide legal advice, but we can get you the right forms. We have new online forms that are uh, it's called TurboCourt, where you can actually fill out the form and a question kind of like TurboTax thing. So uh, access to the court system, helping people access that. Jury duty management is part of that. And then finally, one of the um, important things we do is we record all the mortgages, deeds, subdivision plats. So if you want to buy a house, uh, that gets recorded through our our um, office as well. So we're if we, if we shut down, unlike Washington D.C. shutting down, if, if the clerk's office shut down, there really would be uh, problems at the local level. You know, because we pay the the county employees that take care of the traffic lights. You know, we we uh, record the transactions on a, on a new mortgage or a refinance. So there's a lot of things that people depend on us, uh, and often they might not know. It's the bank that re- works with us or the title company, not necessarily individual homeowner, but we are the, the person that holds that record, and uh, we take that job very seriously. So SeminoleClerk.org is our, you know, the website. Uh, one of the things that's really cool is since I've been there, uh, our technology was really lagging, tape drive backups, just antiquated systems. It was it was very backwards, and it has advanced so far now where we're actually leading the state in technology development. We're going to be – our office is going to be leading a discussion about one of our new document processing softwares. It's kind of, you know, a little, little in the weeds there, but the, the, the software we have out coming up that about to be released within our office uh, just – will improve efficiencies greatly. You can literally drag and, and click an email and throw it into a court record, save it. It's in the file. Uh, you don't have to scan anything. You don't have to cut and paste. You, you just drag it. You put it in a document processing thing, and you can add it to a court file. This is like revolutionary. No other clerk's office has this in the state. The great innovator once again. That That's awesome. Thanks for being here to share about sure. it. Sure. Yeah, we're down to about our last minute. And before, once you were talking, just one thing I thought about uh, that I want to remind our listeners is, you know, you I think the core of your message and, and motivation from day one um, to serve in public office is to, to make sure government stays efficient, especially in terms of handling the people's money. You know, mm-hmm. efficient government, uh, no, you know, no waste, things like that. We all see how bloated government can be, but um, – yeah, I just thought about that because you, one of the first uh, – well, I got, I, the way I met you was before you even ran for office, you were heading up the local chapter of Citizens uh, Against Government Waste. That's right. At the time, and, and that, that just you know juxtaposed this, this, this ridiculous pork barrel multibillion-dollar mm. bill that Con- yeah, Pelosi oh, has yeah. come up with um, and, and, the, and the left-wing Democrats have saddled us with. It just shows, shows the contrast between your mission and what you've, you've dedicated your life to and, and what we have to deal with with Washington today. But well, anyway, we, we, we commend your efforts. Well, thank you, Roger. It really comes down to freedom. Uh, if the government takes your money and doesn't spend it in a way that benefits you, you're, you've lost your freedom. Well, thank you for being here. Grant Malloy, Clerk of Court for Seminole County. And friends, thank you for being here, and we hope you have a great day. 